0: Welcome to Just to Know You, the podcast that interviews regular people at SAES and finds out they are far from regular. That's right. I'm your host, Darian Batten. And I'm Angela Kerskadden. Let's get started. Welcome to Just to Know You podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Jason Quinn, who is joining us from Rastanera. Um Jason, tell me, I like to kind of start at the beginning. Where do you come from? Where did you grow up?
1: So I was born in Massachusetts, uh, just outside of Boston. Go Boston! So I'm a diehard everything, Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics. Those are my teams all day long. <laughs> so born and raised in Massachusetts. Um, I grew up there 18 years, had a, an amazing childhood, and every kid at the time thinks their, their childhood is the worst. Nah, I had the greatest childhood ever. And I learned that much later in life but it was it was awesome. Right. Uh, Go yeah. up to the lake, uh, yeah, fishing, skiing, water skiing, snow skiing. We had a little mountain in our backyard type thing and we had a blast. Um, yeah. I I, yeah, I don't know how what you want for details, but it was it was fun growing up.
0: Well, tell me, you say we, who, you have
1: siblings? I do. I have two younger sisters. Um, My, the closest sister to me, she's 15 months younger than I am. And her and I really grew up like close. And then uh, we have one more sister who's nine years younger than me. So by the time she was cool enough to like do anything, I left for the military. So we didn't really hang out until after I came back from the military.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm jumping ahead and we'll get to it later on, but uh, you've been surrounded by ladies your whole life then.
1: <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have.
0: I so. love it. Um, okay, so you are. So you already said you had already gone to the military. So you had this blissful childhood where you're outside all the time and you're doing oh. tons of things. And then you are, I have to say, I don't know a ton about, I don't know many people have gone to the military. Um what made you decide that this was a route you wanted to go down, go for?
1: So for me personally, I was not, uh, I was not too excited about going to college. Um, a lot of my friends were, and they were like, yeah, we're going to go to college. We're going to go to this. We're going to go to the Mount. We're going to go to the community college down the road. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds like grade 13. I, I was not, I was not a fan of school. I, that's not, it was not my thing. I just, I wasn't, it wasn't fun for me. A lot of people have fun in school. And it, and for me, it was, I, I found it difficult. And um, so I was, I was looking for a different career path and, or just a different, something different to do. So military came up. Uh, it just so happened my co my uncle was in the U.S. Coast Guard. He was stationed in, out in Boston and he said, man, I'll take you out to the unit for the day and I'll you can explore a bunch of different things. And I was like, Oh, that, that sounds like a great day. I get to skip school and I get to go hang out with you in in the coast guard. That's great. So I went into Boston and, um, I get to see all the different jobs that people did from storekeeper to inspections, uh, which is an MST. And then we get on the, like the small boat and, uh, we end up going out in Boston Harbor and checking something (laughs) out. And then we come back and, uh, when we got back to the dock, this like tone went off. It was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And uh, they're like, get off the boat, get off the boat. And I'm like, Wait, what what do, you, what do you mean get off the boat? I want to stay, I want to go. And they're like, you can't, it's a SAR case. And I'm like, oh, what? And they're like, search and rescue case, get off the boat. And I was like, oh, okay. And then as soon as I get off, they floored it and they took off away from the dock. And I'm like, hell yes, that is what I want to do. So that's how I decided to join the military.
0: Okay. So what three things about you are a fit for the military life?
1: Um, Ooh, good question. Gosh, I didn't, I would think the first one would be the, the fact that when you're going into the military, you, there's a structure you need to follow. So, um, some people come in with no structure in their life and then they get the structure. Some people come in with somewhat of a structure and then they get a little more structure. Um, for me, I I think it was just it, it didn't matter. I, I, it was it was a mindset going in. I knew I knew I wasn't going to college, and I didn't want to go to just the work field. I wanted to do something different. So that's that would be the number one. The number two is I figured I was physically fit to do it because you do have to do like a PT test to get in, and um, I I guess that's really it. I don't know if there's a third. Sure, sure, that's to do. fair. I wanted a paycheck.
0: Okay. Uh, right? And at that point, what kind of physical fitness were you into as, as like an 18 year old? Were you like, did you have a sport that was your thing?
1: I, so I loved playing basketball in high school. Um, that would be my, probably my most favorite sport. And then outside of that, it was anything to do on the water. So swimming, water skiing, wakeboarding. Whatever I could do on the lake, that was my primary. Uh, outside of that, if it was a sport, I, w- I would do it and I would play. It, would, it would, I just, I enjoyed everything. Um, hockey, so ice skating, and then volleyball, whatever. It just throw me into a sport. You're just me how to do it. all
0: around. You're like, yeah. just uh, as long as I'm moving, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, the ADHD yeah. kicked in quite often. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sounds like a good fit to go. So tell me what happens when you're like, okay, uh, sign me up. I would like to – what are the steps? What do you do when you get into the military?
1: There's actually quite a few steps to get in just in general. So the first thing you need to do, uh, depending on the avenue you wanted to go, so just for me personally, I went and took the ASVAB, which is an aptitude something or another test. Uh, when you take that test, then they – It comes out with a score as a list of jobs that you can do inside the military, depending on the career field you go. Um, Once you do that, then you have to go through a medical screen where, as funny as this sounds, you're standing in your underwear with like 20 other dudes and everybody's doing this duck walk on their knees to make sure this works. You can hear okay. You can see okay. So uh, once we step through that, then it's swearing in. I do solemnly swear to protect this constitution against foreign enemies. Or enemies, foreign and domestic, and blah 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 blah. It's pretty good. So, and that's how you get in. But that's that's the short version. Huh.
0: Okay, sure. And so then, what did you do? You went through like initial training.
1: Yep. So that's boot camp, uh, Cape May, New Jersey. Once you get down to Cape May, it's it's uh it's similar to every service. You you're learning your customs, your rates and ranks, and the Rates are the jobs that you would do some, depending on the military, it might be an MOS, but it's the job, whatever the job is you're going to do in the military. So you start learning about all that stuff. And again, basic training is supposed to be that beginning of discipline to structure. They're yelling at you. They're getting you to march in formation. You're learning all of that in boot camp. So that was like a 16 week, just a school and Nobody told me I had to go to school when you went to the military, I, <laughs> yeah. which it and is.
0: Were you, were you like laser focused, like you know what you're, you you want to do? Or are you there with an open mind to see like what's going to be a good fit for me?
1: Nice. Uh, actually, I was there with a very open mind. I had no idea what I actually wanted to do. I just knew once I get into the Coast Guard, I will find my path. And that's exactly what happened. It was kind of cool. It, I remember standing like in formation at attention and everybody's coming out, what are you gonna do in the Coast Guard? And there's like two guys in front of me, I'm gonna be a Boston's mate. I had no idea what the heck a Boston's mate was. So then it comes back, another Boston's mate, another bust. They're like, Well, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm gonna be a Boston's mate. I'm like, God, we got a whole <laughs> bunch of Boston's mates in here. I was like, I had no idea. So then all of a sudden, like fast forward about probably three weeks later, they're showing videos of uh, all the different jobs throughout the Coast Guard of what you could do. And they were showing, oh, you could be a storekeeper and order stuff to make sure everybody's, you know, good to go. You could be a yeoman and you could do payroll. And I'm like, oh, okay. You could be a gunner's mate. You shoot guns. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You could be a damage control man and you could fix engines and stuff. I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of right up my alley. And then they showed this video of some dudes doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and jumping out of a helicopter. And you could be a rescue <laughs> swimmer. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. How do I do that? So that's, that's kind of where it started.
0: that's amazing Uh, and so how long is training
1: well boot camp itself is uh, 16 weeks I don't know if it is now but it was when I went through from there you go to your first unit Um, I went to the honor guard which is a ceremonial detail all services have it it's just you get all dressed up in all your pretty uniform and stand up in front of the pentagon or the white house and when dignitaries come in they walk by you they don't even recognize you and then they keep going but you're there as a, as a guy in formation. It was cool, I enjoyed it. Um, from there, I went down to rescue swimmer school and that training. I did four months as what's known as an airman, and it was at my first air station, and they prepare you to go to school. Then I do four months in school, which is, uh, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, hands down. Um, it's mentally tough, it's physically demanding all the way around. And then from there, you go to your unit, which there's another probably six months of training to get you qualified. Uh, and that includes EMT basic school, where you're learning your just basics of emergency medicine, oxygen, giving glucose, temperatures, blood pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Do your uh, how are you feeling today? Are you OK? Where does it hurt? What's your pain scale? All that stuff. And then from there. It takes, so grand total, it's about a year f- like swimmer training from start to finish until you're standing duty by yourself on call. So it takes a little time, but right. just keep plugging away.
0: Yeah. So how old were you? Where are we at in your timeline when you complete oh all your training?
1: Um, let's see. So I was 18, 18 when I joined, Eighteen twenty twenty-one. 21, probably... 22 years old, 21, 22 years old, somewhere in there, give or take. Let's go 22. Okay. I think 22. Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah.
0: And then so, uh, again, I apologize if these questions are like people usually know this, but do you get to choose where you want to be stationed or is it just kind of you're like, wherever I go, I go. So. Wherever you get sent.
1: It's a little bit of both, actually. And the way it worked for when I was in, you had what's known as a dream sheet. And the dream sheet was you get to fill out the top seven places that you want to go, which is cool because you're asking for the top seven. If you get your number one, that's a like, that's a major bonus. Um, but you write one through seven, and it could be one of those seven unless none of those are by chance open. Now, when you come uh, like out of out of school, out of your training, they give you a list of open units. And they said, these are the ones that are open. Which one do you want? Now, the cool part about us in our class is we had seven guys that graduated and everybody really got to pick and choose the one they wanted. It was like, hey, I'll, I'll we had a conversation. I'll go here, you're gonna go here. Oh yeah, I'm going up here because of this. I'm going back to here because of that. So everybody really got what they wanted. It was it was pretty cool. So and then for the rest of your career, it's the same thing. You pick a dream sheet every three to five years and hopefully you get to go where you want. And do you,
0: do you get to go where you want? Where do you
1: go first? uh, So outside of, um, let's see, outside of the Honor Guard, which is in Washington, D.C., I went to Elizabeth City, North Carolina. So I did my training down there. Uh, So eight months there. And then from there I went to Kodiak, Alaska. And that was on my dream sheet. That was my request. And that was incredible. Uh, Loved Kodiak, Alaska. Had an absolute blast up there. And then from there, I went down to Humboldt Bay, California. So it was good.
0: Okay. Now, between all of this, I'm going to switch from professional to personal. Sure. You are having daughters.
1: Yes. (laughs) Three of them.
0: Three daughters. I love it. I love girls. (laughs) Um, And so how does that, how do you balance your professional and and your personal life? How? Like, how did that look, especially with a young family?
1: That um, that was probably another difficult time, uh, because what's interesting is and I don't know if it's talked about very much, even now, when you start looking at families, I was very young when I when I started having kids. Um, I was 20 when my my oldest was born, uh, 22 when my youngest was born. So it was I was. I wanna say I'm still a kid. I know, right? You look at that like God, you're you're really just a kid. And I look at my my kids now. They're older than I was and they don't have kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are still idiots yep. and I love them. <laughs> but they're not. Yeah. They're 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 super yeah. smart. They're they're on of point. Course. But but at yes. the same time, like you're still growing up. You don't know. And what's interesting is you don't have any money. at 21 22 years old you're just getting started in your career field so to try to provide for a family it's it was very interesting and and different it was unique so the only bonus is is that you're young enough that now your kids have to keep up with you still so and at this point in my in the game i think they've caught me i think maybe
0: (laughs) You know, the other day I was walking along the beach with uh, Kata and she's like, all right, mom, let's do it. Let's have a race. And so because we, we grew up kind of or she grew up doing this and she's never beat us. And I still say still not beat us. So we had a race the other day and we tied like really like t- on the nose tied. And I'm like, I am barely hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, for, the, um, okay. for the record, your so, daughter
1: is, is fast. And, She's uh, fast.
0: And, and I, had, yeah. I
1: had the opportunity to get in the pool with her. And I, <laughs> I, thought, I did not give her an inch. And she stayed on I my thought, heels the whole time. So I was I pretty impressed. I thought
0: that impressed. was very, very cool of you that you uh, you showed up to race her. I yeah. loved that.
1: <laughs> and she not talked so much smack ahead of time. I might let her win. I
0: know. Nope. She was so confident that she was going to beat
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I that's because oh, that I be gave awesome. her a number I was like oh no I do my sprints in like 45 seconds and she's like oh I'm faster now. I was like yeah I didn't say I did it in 45 seconds I did it on the 45 second that means I'm done <laughs> and resting and waiting <laughs>
0: there you go oh that was awesome so you're moving around a little bit so where where's home base where are the where are the girls being born
1: Haley, our oldest, was born in Bethesda, Maryland, while we were in the uh, Washington, D.C. with the Honor Guard. Um, okay. Yeah, and then our second was born uh, in, oh, heck, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, while I was in A school, while I was training to be a swimmer, she was born. And then we went up to Kodiak, Alaska, and our third was born in Alaska. And that was, that was it for me. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm good with three girls. It's halas. a halas. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then, so then you said after Alaska, you moved to California.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: And how long were you, well, how long were you in Alaska and how long were you in California?
1: So I was in Alaska for three years. So from 2000 to 2003, um, Oh, my gosh, what a great time that was. It really was amazing, amazing time. And then from there, Northern California, Humboldt Bay specifically, that's the county. Uh, If you look at San Francisco, you go about six, seven hours north, and that's where Humboldt Bay is. And I'm still another two hours south of the Oregon border. So it's right on the coastline. And And I was there for six years, give or take.
0: Let's go back to Alaska. What is your job?
1: So at that time I was a Coast Guard helicopter rescue swimmer. So, okay. um, Now the job specifically is called aviation survival technician. So there's, it comes with two parts. So part one is maintain maintenance of all rescue gear and equipment. So anything on a helicopter from a life vest to a uh, a flare to a strobe light, our job is to fix, maintain, and keep that up to. ready for installation status, known as RFI. The other part of the job is the rescue swimmer portion. Um, Rescue swimmer, along with an EMT basic, we're called so if the search and rescue alarm, the SAR alarm goes off, somebody's in distress, we're gonna go out and help them. I'm the guy that's going out, I'm either going down on the wire, Uh, To get in the water, I'm jumping out of the helicopter and I'm going to swim over or I'm going to hike over to them wherever they are, whether land or sea, Uh, treat the patient or get the victim out of harm's way, bring them back into the helicopter and get them to safety. That's my job.
0: Okay, so this is the point where I'm going to I am going to plug your podcast because I listen to the (laughs) I listen to the first uh, the real rescue queue just for our listeners yep uh the real rescue um and where you shared your first SAR rescue and it is incredible that that all happened all the wrong things happened and yet it all worked out and what I liked about when you were telling the story is that you were like I guess I like how you brought yourself back to like your your not I don't want to say naive but like your young mind like no naive is a great word (laughs) <laughs> no, clueless but you were like <laughs> you you really you really told the story well from your perspective whatever 20 years ago would that have been with like uh, it was yeah, your first rescue least. right yeah yeah,
1: yeah and so I, I don't
0: want to give too many spoilers without just uh telling the listeners that they should listen to the story so um i want to come back to your life but right now so you have a podcast where I you do. talk to people and their uh their stories about rescues correct do you want to elaborate on i would love
1: to so uh the real rescue podcast and you're right r-e-a-l-r-e-s-q real rescue um it was it's kind of funny a buddy of mine and i were sitting down listening to other podcasts and he came back and was like man you'd be a good host and i was like what the heck would i talk about and it was like you know what there's too many guys out there guys and girls that have rescue stories that either never get heard of, never get talked about. It's, it's a quick thing. And then it maybe hits the news maybe, and then it just dies off and no one ever hears or talks about it again. Um, so I get talking to actually another somebody that we know, the decoupmans. So Robert decoupman was a pilot uh, in the coast guard and he had some amazing stories and him and I sat down and had this wonderful conversation about it. And I was like, this is what, this is what needs to be recorded. So after sitting around for literally a year or so, my lovely wife, Melissa, says, "Either do it or stop talking about it." and <laughs>
0: I love it The real
1: rescue podcast was was created, and uh, we're a hundred and hundred and sixty episodes strong as of today. and congratulations it's, it's thank you. thank you. it's It's been super fun because it's guys and girls not just in the u s. Coast Guard. There are people around the world that come in to tell their stories and south africa new zealand australia the uk ireland germany uh, they're they're everywhere and then all over the us canada i'm trying to get mexico i've had peru i've had brazil there's just and the, the the people that go out to get those in distress It the story is incredible all of them i i can't get enough of it i really can't it's so fun Um,
0: congratulations. I mean, that, that's amazing how, how many podcasts you've done. And what do you think that you have learned from interviewing 160 people about their search and rescues?
1: Oh, uh, what if I've, I've learned a lot. I would say the biggest thing I've learned out of it is that there are from point A to point B, that is from, leaving your secure base, your uh, spot of origin to perform your rescue to the rescue spot itself and back. There are 500 ways to do that. (laughs) But we all find our own way to get it done. We all have our own techniques. We all have our own um, standardization practice. And it all works. And everybody that goes out, the main goal is to rescue them and come back with a survivor if you can. So that I think is the most I've learned out of all of it is that everybody, we all have the same mission in mind, but 500 ways to do it. So, and all of them work. Interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so when you are at your job, so you've been doing search and rescue, am I correct? Like Coast Guard. Huh.
1: 23 years
0: rescue swimmer 23 years Yes, ma'am. what's the average of how many times you're being called out like how often does this happen
1: uh so it would depend on where you're at the, as far as location wise and let me bring us back to the united states right kodiak alaska you have a very large area that you're Supporting it's the entire state of Alaska minus Sitka, so the southeast is taken care of, but Kodiak takes care of the rest. And that's that's a that's I mean, the, the size of Alaska is almost the entire size of the lower 48. Um, however, if you go down into let's say Florida, how many more people are in Florida? How many more people are out boating? Hurricanes that go through there, there's there's it's a different perspective, so you have more people that got called out. If you go to Louisiana, there's another dynamic about it. Um, in Humboldt Bay, California, I actually did not have a whole lot of missions that I got flown out of, maybe one a month. Um, as opposed to Kodiak, it was like every two weeks I was getting flown out. In addition to that, when I was down in the Gulf of Mexico, I was flying with another company. We were going out two or three times a week for medevacs offshore. So...
0: How does Aramco discover you or how did you discover Aramco and brought, what brought you to the Middle East?
1: Nice. So um, throughout my career, uh, as a matter of fact, so I got out of the military, out of the Coast Guard in 2009. I met Mel in 2010. This is a big key component here.
0: Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so the lovely Mel, let me, let's me. let just uh, let our listeners know, is also a teacher at Rastanura Elementary School. So you meet Mel. I
1: meet how Mel. Did you meet, how did you meet your wife? This is such a wonderful story. I don't know how Mel, deep I can here. go. Yeah, you want the whole story? <laughs> this is great. I love this story. I met her in her driveway. Uh, and the way it happened was both of us were at home. So we grew up a, a town apart in Massachusetts. Uh, we didn't really know each other, but we had a lot of the same friends, a lot of the same acquaintances. Um people we knew, places that we've been to, we just, yeah, it all worked out. Anyway, so she was home for Christmas. I was home for Christmas. She lived in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And I was working in Charlotte, North Carolina with my dad who lived down there. And um, uh, long story short is all of her Christmas presents ended up in my truck and I was driving everything down to her. Now I didn't know who she was. I didn't, I was like, "I, I don't know who this lady is. And I get on the phone and I'm like, I need to get your stuff out of my truck. And she's like, well, just come over and drop it off. And I'm like, yes. OK, well, I ended up being late because I went to the bar and to grab dinner and a beer with my dad, which then turned into another phone call, which turned into another phone call, which said, oh, I can do this later. And I was like, no, no, no I got to get the stuff out of my truck. I need my truck. So at like nine o'clock at night, I show up at her doorstep. She is wearing uh, pajama bottoms, a red Target T-shirt, hair up in a bun, glasses on, and she's standing in front of a light, her light under the garage. So all I saw was a silhouette, and I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" And here I am, still in work clothes, filthy, dirty, smell like a brewery and a burger, <laughs> and I hop out a truck. I'm like, "Oh gosh, she's beautiful. Oh my gosh!" And uh, and that's where we met her. Sorry, that's how we met. So in her driveway. Uh-huh. So,
0: and did you stand in the driveway and talk for a while?
1: We ended up talking for about two, uh, two and a half hours, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was That's good. a
0: lovely story.
1: It was and wonderful. then, how
0: long did you guys date until you got married?
1: Uh, shoot, almost five years. So. Oh wow. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I proposed to her much earlier than that. So I think we were dating for a year ish, and then I proposed to her, and then like years later is when we got married, but
0: oh, I love that story. It's like a, it, there's this word. I just kind of learned it like a meat cute story. Like, which just means like a, like a rom-com story. And oh. that it's kind of like a meat cute. Um, okay. So yeah, now go back to the middle yep. East Aramco bit.
1: So Mel and I meet. And in that time I get hired on with a company called priority one air rescue. Uh, I worked for them for seven years, and while I was working for them, um, I was standing duty as a rescueman, paramedic slash rescue swimmer slash hoist operator in the Gulf of Mexico, and then I was also an instructor for the company, and I traveled around the world teaching helicopter search and rescue. Aramco uh, had asked Priority One to to come out and give some training. Well, it just so happened I was one of the instructors that came out. Um, when I got out here, after the training was done, which took about two months, uh, the main guy that was in charge of the program asked me if I could come on full time. So, after talking to Mel and then kind of reevaluating, I gave the okay and and brought me over here. Um, when that move happened, it it was for me, it was a contractor position, So I was six weeks on, six weeks off. And in that time, I had met a whole bunch of teachers. And that's how Mel came over here and started working at, with Ross So collectively, the whole plan of us moving over here together, again, that was training in, in aviation, the Aramco Aviation side of things. Uh, I was here to help build the rescue program for Aramco Aviation or the helicopter side. Uh, it was me and five of the guys that were coming over to do that. Uh, then Mel came over and that's, how that happened. So, and now currently I'm actually working with the helicopter company here in Saudi Arabia, which is on the other side of the country. So, it's a whole another story in itself. So, yeah.
0: So, Jason, I feel like you you have like so many different like you're you're very multifaceted because we haven't even said talked about that you are a CrossFit coach. Oh yeah. You are it's now you've just said you're an instructor. Yes. You just you are just a not just you're a search and rescue rescue swimmer you you have a lot of different aspects and skill sets what is your uh i would say what is like your your go-to like you identify with as who that is who you are
1: oh man that's deep i don't know i uh here here's all uh, right let me back up for one second then to answer this question right Nope. We're going to start with the answer to the question. <laughs> I can, I consider myself a helicopter rescue man, period. So what I do, um, I am a rescue swimmer. I'm a paramedic. I'm a hoist operator. And then I'm an instructor. And the, what I instruct is if you can do it in the back of a helicopter, I can do it or teach it. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. Now, that ties into my CrossFit world where uh, I take uh, physical fitness very seriously. Uh, and it's a lot of that comes from what I a statement that got told to me while I was in school, swimmer school. And once we graduated, the, the statement was those in distress are praying for a miracle. They're going to get you. And he looked at right at all of us in the class. And I was like, and I took that to heart. Like I understand, like, and I, the more people I've talked to on the podcast, They actually say that like, oh, I didn't really believe in God, but they're praying, God, please get me out of this situation. And then who comes in? Coast Guard helicopter with a swimmer hanging down from there and swimming over and be like, hey, how can I help you guys? Right. So all that time, that kind of falls into it. Now, there was another part of that question. I forgot the other part of the question. It was how does. Oh, I know what it was. So here's what's funny about this is you were talking about all these different things I've done. I told you the beginning, like I I didn't like school. I didn't I didn't want to go to college. Well, after I got into the military and they're like, oh, you have to go to swimmer school. And oh, by the way, you have to go to EMT school and you have to go to this school. All of a sudden, I'm going through all these different trainings. And what I learned through that is, wow, I can I can do a lot, but I don't need to do the degree portion. I just get to go to school and do the things that I want to learn. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. So paramedic school. Then I went training and got my, uh, hoist operation certification. Then I went and did my CrossFit level one certification. So all these little trainings in schools have built up to why I do everything I do now. So it's fun. I don't know.
0: It, it is fun. It is fun. You, you have a very unique life. I think, I think, uh, there's, there's probably few people in the world that do what you do. Um, that is true. Would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah. That is a
1: very fair statement. Yeah. And I mean, actually, way
0: more than teachers, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's actually, it's even funnier is because when we start looking at uh, job applications or applicants to come into positions, um, most the majority of people do not have all, what we call the trifecta, and that is rescue swimmer, paramedic, hoist operator. A lot of guys will have one, maybe a two, but not having all three is a very, very, it's a, it's a big rarity, I guess is a good word to use. So, um, it's hard to find. So
0: where does, where does CrossFit come in your life? How do you discover CrossFit and how do you fall in love with it enough to decide to be a CrossFit coach?
1: Again, I throw my wife into the ring on that one too. <laughs> so I have always enjoyed working out and ever since even starting my swimmer training, um, it was that was almost a CrossFit style. It was, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to lift weights, you're going to get to the pool, you're going to swim, and oh, by the way, we're going to do a five-mile run and every time, every quarter mile, you're going to stop and do push-ups or a lunge or flutter kicks or something. So you're doing kind of CrossFit uh, when you're going through training. So all this training, but so before CrossFit was even CrossFit, we were doing stuff with CrossFit. Now what CrossFit did is it, it took what we were doing and then standardized it and made it into uh, what it is today. But it actually has Olympic lifting where you're working on specific movements of not, are you just going to get stronger and be better? You're going to work on your gymnastics. So your muscle up, or your toes to bar, or a pull-up, anything on rings or a bar. Um, Then it turns into your weightlifting, which everybody loves weightlifting. I mean, well, all of us do anyway. So, and then you get into your cardio, which nobody likes cardio, but that's rule number two is cardio. Just saying, all right. But, uh, and it, it just turned into, for me, it was just fun. Now, what got me so involved in it is Mel. And Mel and I would go to the gym from time to time, but we would, go to the gym and do go our separate ways. It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the gym together, but we wouldn't really go to the gym together. We would just be in the same building. CrossFit, like a standard CrossFit class, her and I could walk into the, the class. We could do the exact same workout scaled to each other as far as what each of our capabilities could do and then we walk out and we talk about it. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. The the jump rope today, you did awesome. Oh, I had a I had a good pull-up today, or I, I did this. And my wife can do a handstand, like she's phenomenal at it. Um, I'm terrible at them. And at one point she would overhead squat more than I could because I didn't have the flexibility in my in my shoulders. So it was it was amazing that I could be in there with her. We'd get the same workout in scaled to what we did so that's where all that came in and i just i enjoyed it so much i went and got my level one so that's was fun level two on its way
0: and <laughs> oh yeah yeah good for you thanks so let's talk about what's in your future let's hear about uh oh what sort of projects are you working on now
1: oh my gosh i got a whole bunch of projects uh if my wife <laughs> listens to this she's already laughing because I, I i don't <laughs> stop my mind does not stop going and going and going um i i have i have a lot of ideas uh i I don't want to share all of them with you but i mean there's a lot of cool things out there one of them that i'm working on currently is actually taking the real rescue podcast and creating a like a real rescue tv show um i've i've shot it's the first pilot episode is in the works right now so i'm i'm editing all the video that i took uh I get to go out with California Highway Patrol, CHP. And oh, as a matter of fact, one of the guys that I interviewed, Kevin Vinatieri, great stories. We kept in touch. And I, I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, yeah, come on out. So he let me go out and fly with them, get hoisted by them, be part of their training. And I got a ton of it on film. So mm-hmm. I'm putting that together. And and with hopes, I get to create the Rail Rescue TV show. So that's that's one of the things in the works right now. So...
0: That's yeah. so exciting.
1: It's fun. So, yeah. yeah.
0: What, what do you think it is about you that's just always perpetually moving?
1: Um, that's the ADHD part of me. So.
0: Is that for real? You're not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 My, my wife laughs at me. She's like, I'm glad I didn't have you as a student. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I do feel for her and, and any of the kids out there that have just, they can't sit still for more than five minutes, but if you, for me, if I have an idea, I want to run with an idea, or I, I like to talk about the idea. There are some ideas that I come up with, I talk too much about. Again, I talked about a podcast for a year to Mel, and she's she just got sick of it. She's like, either do it or stop talking about it. And sometimes, for me, I need this just what I need to do. I think about something, and I I want to talk about it more to see if it makes sense and if it could work. Um, sometimes she's on board and sometimes she's not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so right now you are in uh, your six weeks on and six weeks off, is that Correct. right?
1: Yeah, at the moment, yes. Yeah. So, and I say at the moment because you never know what tomorrow might bring.
0: Um, okay, is there any part of your life that I missed that like w- that would be a key component to know
1: you? Um, I know we talked about a little bit, but I'll touch on a little more of it is I do have three daughters. Um, so uh, they are from a previous marriage and Mel is their stepmom. and I could not have asked for a better woman to be part of their life than Mel. And I, and I mean that not just as a, like, because I'm biased because I married her, but (laughs) it's amazing. Those girls call her for advice all the time. And it's, I will say that it means so much to me that they have somebody that they can call and confide in and, and talk to. That's not me that, but at the same time they can call me anytime. And, and Mel and I talk about a lot of the stuff that they tell her and, and vice versa. But for the most part, it's, there's such a wonderful huge part of my life that I love having them around. I miss them when they're not around. Um, we get on the phone. We talk. Sometimes it's for ten minutes. Sometimes for an hour. It's, you know, it's it, they are. I have three amazing girls, and they're awesome. And I'm I'm so blessed to have that. So I needed to give a shout out to them for that. So, yeah, so. yeah.
0: Tell me about where where are they at in their life right now.
1: So Haley, the oldest, she uh, she finished her master's degree in homeland security and psychology. She's currently working as a Um, she works in the jail as a deputy or whatever the jail person is checking people in, checking people out. She's getting ready to go into like a law enforcement Academy to be a police officer. So mad props to her for that. Uh, my middle is she, she is going to school full time right now. She is on hard charge drive forward. It's amazing to see that girl has got, she's she's on point right now with school and what's funny is that she started as a, a bit of a bartender and um bar, bartender waitress and it, at a brewery so it wasn't like mixing yeah. drinks it was just pouring beer and that kid I, I i looked into her bank account one day i'm like oh my gosh she's got more than i do <laughs> what is going on <laughs> but i was yeah, yeah and, those and, are
0: lucrative jobs with right? those tips Oh That's my. so great.
1: And she she crushes it because she's got such a positive attitude and uh, she's so fun. She'll, she'll flirt a little bit, but then she'll make fun of you and you laugh at it because you're you're like, I'm not sure whether I should be mad or happy, but she's <laughs> laughing. So oh, she's she's got some crazy wit about her. It's great. Um, but she saved up so much money that now she can go to f- school full time and not work. And it, I'm... Yeah, like go kill and she just got accepted to Sacramento State University. So I I'm super proud, Dad, right here. Like it's awesome.
0: Sure, sure. So, um,
1: Cameron, our youngest, that girl she's on fire too. She's so much fun. Cause she she's doing all sorts of stuff. Now, right now she's working as a barista in uh, in a coffee shop. So that girl can make a drink blindfolded. Uh, does, <laughs> she can have like ten drinks going at the same time and she could like mix and oh yeah, I'm ready. Uh, it's it's so fun to watch and uh they just asked her to go down and help open a brand new stand possibly down in san diego so yeah so she knows her stuff well enough that they're asking her to go from sacramento to san diego to help open a stand it's 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 wonderful it's wonderful to see what those girls are doing
0: so yeah what a cool time in your life too right where there's just seems to be endless possibility right you know you're like where will where will they go to
1: that's another thing that I love about being a parent right now and watching them grow. Cause now I'm living vicariously through them, but you, all you want is your kids to succeed. That, that's it.
0: Your, your role as a parent changes, right? From when you have like two year olds, then when you have like 10 year olds and now you have 20 year olds, it's really, it's really a different kind yeah. of relationship in the parent child world. And you have so, to get um, to
1: the point where you're a friend. you're still a parent but you're a friend because you could like I I would think like some of my some of the other people that I know that are 20 and 21 through 25 they're friends of mine why can't I act ask why can't my girls be the same they can't but the difference between them and the girls is they'll call me dad can I get money
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's the key that
1: doesn't ever end
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Jason, this has been such a joy and a pleasure to get to know you. And I really appreciate your, um, well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your willingness to open yourself up and to um, let us know about who you are and your life that you live. And it sounds like, I mean, every time I see you, you are just such a happy person and um it seems like you're you're just kind of living your life with your heart forward and i love that that's well, thank wonderful yeah, thanks for yeah, having thank me on thank you yeah, yeah thank you for for this it's been wonderful thank you for listening to just to know you we would like to thank our amazing tech man mr kent Arimura, sterling mcdonald for the podcast music and the saes community see you next time If you know anyone who you think has a great story to tell, we would love to hear about it. Please send an email to either Angela, Darian, or Kent.